Father. And I just thank you that it's just going to grow fruit that will remain in our lives. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Um, we're still talking about the spirit-formed life tonight. And um, this is part 7a because I thought it was going to get a little long, so I decided to divide it a little bit. So uh, I'll do the first part this week of this um, section and then the second part next week. And I'll just go over. We've been talking about the disciplines of a spirit-formed life and talking about we want a flesh-formed life, but we want a spirit-formed life, one that God forms, not ourselves. And these are just disciplines. We're disciples, so we, we follow the principles of God. So these are principles of God in his word that help us to walk uh, in the spirit form life. So just going to go over that. We've gone over six tonight. It'll be number seven. And the first one was committing to hear God's voice. The first thing, you know, if we don't hear what he's saying, we're not going to know where he's going. So in a spirit form life, Number one, committing to hear God's voice. Number two, living in the power of water baptism. We just water baptized Sunday evening and just talking about what that is, what that means, and then living in the power of what it demonstrates that God has done in our lives. And then the third one was celebrating the Lord's table. Again, when we come, it's just not a religious ritual, but it is a a spiritual uh, principle and a spiritual uh, part of our life that we receive afresh, again, all that the Lord has done for us on the cross. And so that's what we do in celebrating the Lord's table. The fourth thing was walking in the spirit of forgiveness, that we don't hold bitterness and grudges and we don't um, allow that to be a part of our lives. In the spirit form life, we walk in the spirit of forgiveness. Jesus had many opportunities to take offense to walk in offense, to just say, hey, I'm done, you know. So just remember Jesus, and we're going to walk in the same spirit of forgiveness that he did. And we remember that even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So that's such a spirit of forgiveness. And then uh, last week we talked about feeding on the word of God. That's our food. Man uh, doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, the written word, the word that he speaks to our spirit. And tonight we're going to talk about abiding in the fullness of the spirit. And so, again, we're going to do this in two parts, but um, just abiding in his fullness. So John 7:38 says, and Jesus said this, he who believes in me. As the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. That's what he promised to me. And I've told you all before, this is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And I've told you all before how uh, I had never heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my church life. Um, In the church I went to, they didn't talk about that, nor about being saved that I ever heard or maybe... They did, and I didn't hear. Maybe I didn't have ears to hear. But anyway, but I certainly never heard anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues. I never heard any of that. But my two uh, spiritual mothers, Wanda and Lucy, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know it. And so once I got saved and they took me under their wing, um, I just knew there was something different about them. And in one of our Bible studies, I asked the man that was teaching us, you know, what? There's something different about them. They've got something I don't have. And he said, oh, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, well, I want that. (laughs) 
I encourage you to want that if you've yes. never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I received that night. I didn't have any questions. I don't care. They've got something I don't have. I see joy and peace like I don't have. And I see an excitement about the Word of God. They just had something. I don't know. And so I received that night with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Never heard of it. He said, just open your mouth. He's given you that language because he's baptized you, you know. And so those that have, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm just saying, um, we're talking about abiding in the fullness of the Spirit tonight. But it's not just a one-time thing. It's a continuing filling. So we're, that's what we're talking about. Because nothing in the believer's life is more essential to his or her becoming a daily fully empowered replication and representation of Jesus Christ than being and keeping filled with the Holy Spirit because he's the one that leads us. He's the one that we follow. He's the one that guides us. He's the one that speaks to us. And we need to be filled with him, not filled with ourselves, filled with our emotions, filled with our opinions, but filled with him and what he's saying and what he's doing. From Pentecost until our Lord's return, the church's commission, that's us, We're the church. We're a part. Our commission is to be endued with power from Ohio. That's what Luke 24, verse 49 says. We're to do business until Jesus comes. That's Luke 19, 13. You know, you need to remember you're the church. We're not just uh, humans that walk around. We're the church. When you're born again, you're part of the body of Christ. You're the church. And that's who we are, and that's who we represent, and that's who we are in this world. We're to go into all the world, Mark 16:15 says. And we're to experience the Lord working with us and through us, confirming his word through signs and wonders accompanying it. The Bible says in Mark 16:20 that signs and wonders will accompany those who believe. Fulfillment of this mandate that the Lord's given us. We're just, I just picked out parts of what he spoke to us as his disciples. He wrote it to them and he wrote it to us because we're still disciples today. Yes. It's an exciting spiritual life. Aren't you glad that, the, the, uh, that there is more to your Christian life than just coming in here and sitting in a chair? Yes. Aren't you glad? Yes. Isn't that exciting? Yes. I remember I told you all my brother said, I don't know how you think about God all the time after I was saved and after I was spirit-filled. Because when you're not born again and you're not spirit-filled and you just go to church... That's all you know. You just know that habit, that ritual, that whatever of just going, sitting in a chair, listening to some good words and praying some good prayers and walking away until you go back again. I don't know. That's how it was for me. Is that how it was for y'all? I mean, I don't know. Maybe y'all were way more spiritual than me. I wasn't too spiritual. That's for sure. But I did go to church every week, even as a little child, was raised going to church and then in my married life. So it was great. You know, we had that. At least we had the habit. We had established that in my family, and we did in my married life of going. But I tell you what, I mean, that's just what you did. Sunday, went to church. Monday, living like the devil, you know, and don't know God. And I'm just saying, I'm so excited. And I don't know about y'all, but I want everybody that goes to church to know this. Yes. That goes to every church. I have such a heart for church people because I've been one that wasn't saved. And I want them to know the exciting life of walking with God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit and how exciting and fun it is. It's not just a religious thing. It's fun. 
You know, if he becomes unfun, then the devil's got you under the law. And he's got you under some kind of ritualistic uh, things that you think you have to be doing. Because believe me, I've done that too. I said, God, this is too hard. Well, you know what? I was trying to do it myself. I I didn't know. But God will help you. And he does help us. And so the fulfillment of this mandate is only possible through being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And continually being freshly filled with his love and power. Asking for fresh filling. Have a book by a man. It's called Fresh Oil. He wants to fill us with fresh oil every day. You know, as we study Abiding in the Fullness, I invite you, before we get into it very far, to just answer the call from the Lord to abandon yourself to the Holy Spirit. To yield to his fullness. To yield to him. To open yourself to the worship that he enables us to have to utilize the full prayer resources praying in the spirit that he gives us and that he supplies and to exalt and minister the works of our lord jesus christ the bible says that when you lay hands on the sick they shall recover you need to expect that the enemy will say well they may not what if they don't that's not your part the bible said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover yes. cast out devils why don't we just as Larry Lee if any of y'all ever heard of Larry Lee back in the day he said "Let's when are we going to do the stuff let's do the stuff the Holy Spirit leads us he said you know what his eyes searching he's looking for somebody to show himself strong on their behalf and on on the behalf of others yes. he wants to minister I want to read to you John 7 Uh, Verses 37 through 39. It says, Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and he shouted out to the crowds. Can you just picture this? Man, I just think about this. And just, you know, we've told y'all. We don't tell y'all to to say, Well, look what we did. We just say it because once you go, you just want to say, Man. We want everybody to go because when you go to Israel and you walk where he walked and you stand and you and they become more than just a, a word in the Bible and you go, it's just, I mean, because when I read it, all of a sudden I go back there and I just picture him standing there and shouting and you picture all the people and what all was going on and this thing. But he stood and he shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones, come to me. You know what? He's still calling to us today. We've been filled, but he's still calling. He said, are you thirsty? He's looking for faith, but he's looking for thirst. you know why? Because those that hunger and thirst, what's going to happen? They'll be filled. That's right. So you know what you say? Well, I don't feel thirsty. Just say, Father, I'm thirsty. It's not a feeling. Boy, I remind myself of that all the time. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's faith in what he has said. Just do it, Kim. Just speak it. Just act on it. Just step out on it and do what he said. And here he said, come. You know, it don't matter if you don't feel thirsty. Tell him you thirst. I am thirsty and I'm hungry for you and all that you have. You'll be filled. Amen. And don't try to figure it out. Well, they did this. Maybe it's going to be like that. Hey, just let him be the filler. <laughs> He'll fill you. <laughs> A big gulp. I thought that just that big gulp thing, that Circle K. I don't know who has those. <laughs> I mean, you know, take a big gulp. <laughs> yeah. All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. 
Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you. Can you tell him, read now the Passion Translation? (laughs) Flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. And Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. So I want to talk to you, and you may know this already, about this celebration and what was happening when Jesus stood up. Because in in verse 37 it says it was on the most important day of the feast is when he stood up and said these words. And I love this uh, when we learn uh, what is happening in the Bible and what, what is going on and what God's doing. And so this event... It's the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. And it took place about six months before the crucifixion of Jesus on this day. In ancient Israel, this feast, it was an annual feast, and it commemorated the Israelites' journey through the wilderness. You know, the Passover. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. It's their journey through the wilderness after their release. From bondage in Egypt. Boy, what did the Lord set up a memorial? The Lord had them recount and recount and recount and recount and recount what he did for them. You need to recount and recount and recount what he's done for you. Because you see how they did and they're recounting, they're recounting and they're still forgetting. We need to recount and recount what the Lord has done and bring it to mind and remind ourselves. Build those memorials to him. And so among other traditions during this uh, week-long celebration, the feast included the great water-pouring ceremony, which reminded Israel of God's supernatural provision of water in the desert wastelands. And the rabbinical writings tell us that the priests would get huge urns of water, and they would pour that water down the steps from the top of the temple steps. They would take those huge urns. They'd be on the top of the temple steps, which are really high, and they would pour that water down. And it was a very dramatic moment when the water splashed and cascaded down those steps, and the Jewish people lifted their hands in praise up to their God. And this was the day when Jesus said this. The last day of the feast climaxed a week of celebration. And so it was on the last day that Jesus rose to shout when this is happening. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Boy, Jesus, right in step. (laughs) Right in step. His proclamation was a call to the Holy Spirit fullness. Jesus said rivers of living water are to flow from his followers. And notice, it wasn't a river. He said rivers. And remember, he, the drink that he said, come and drink. In verse 37, he says, he said, all you thirst ones, come to me, come and drink. But the drink turned into rivers. That's what happens when he fills you, when he does that. John explains that Jesus was making a prophetic forecast about the future and about the Spirit's work within us. He was saying he's prophesying what's going to happen. Jesus was describing a way of life for us today. Wasn't just a one-time thing. It's a way of life. You know, that's what's different 
about abiding in the fullness, living the Christian life. It's a way of life. It's not just something you do on Sunday or Wednesday night or in the morning where maybe you say your prayers. It is a way of life. He pointed beyond an initial experience in the Holy Spirit, beyond being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He pointed to a lifestyle bathed in spirit fullness to the point of day-to-day overflowing. Now, Alan has a shirt that he usually wears it when he baptizes, and it says, God overflow. Is that what it says? Yeah, God overflow. So God wants us to have overflow. He just wants us to be overflowing. And it's not acting, it's not you acting full. It's just being full of him and he just flows out. It's not something you're trying to do. It's just who you are as you just abide in his presence and you're just allowing him to fill you and flow through you. God wants us to expand in his fullness. He wants us to grow. He wants us to to have more and more of him. He wants us to let the spirit fullness that's already in us increase and abound. And you know what? He wants you to desire that. He wants you to ask for that. He wants you to expect. He wants you to believe and receive. He didn't just want you to be just happy with, well, my life's pretty good. He wants you to say, Lord, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Where do you want this river to flow today? Who's going to be in my path? Or what path do you want me to take so I'll come by this person? We're rivers of blessing. And we're rivers of the Spirit of God flowing to someone each day. It's not mine. Yay. Sounds like mine. (laughs) God wants to release his rivers in us. So we're going to look at some of the rivers a few rivers tonight that are in the Word. And then we'll look at a few more next week and talk about the fullness more and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But these rivers, they're streams of refreshment. They're streams that refresh us. And you know what they are? They're streams that refresh others. As we're refreshed, others will be refreshed, not because of our presence, but because of His presence in us. There are streams of mightiness that the Holy Spirit waits to unleash within any of us who will allow him to do so. You know, I had to allow the Lord to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Once I knew what it was, I had to allow him. I have to allow him to fill me. I have to allow him to lead me and to guide me. It's called yielding to the Spirit. Yielding to what he wants. Saying, Lord, what do you want? Not trying to just do it on your own. And Well, I've got this and this is my day. Yielding to him. So the first river is the rivers of praise and worship. Those rivers that come through us. Those rivers of living water. Acts 2, 4. On the day of Pentecost, the followers of Christ were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. That's Acts 2, 4. We know that happened. And the Holy Spirit came. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. He gave them that language that they had not learned themselves. And then in Acts two eleven, Peter talks about 
that this spirit language that was given, that language was being heard by others around it. And it was a language of worship and praise to God because they were declaring and speaking of the wonderful works of God. So I want to look at that. I'll read it to you out of Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and then I'll read verse 11. Again, I'm reading in the Passion. They were all filled and equipped. How about that? When you're filled, you're equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues. They were empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. I call it the language of the Spirit. It's not a language you learn. It's not something that comes from here. It comes from here. And he gives us that. And then in verse 11, it said, you know, well... I kind of wanted to read down through there because it's, I think I'll just read it down through there. Um, in verse 5, it says, Now at that time there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from different lands to live in Jerusalem. And when the people of the city heard the roaring sound in the upper room, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Now, the disciples are speaking a language that they have not learned. So they have no natural way to speak it. It has to come by the utterance of the Spirit of God. But it is a language that others are able to hear and understand. And so when they hear it, which that's a miracle, that is just... Awesome. And they could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language and bewildered. They were saying, well, aren't these all Galileans? How are they doing this? How is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? And then it goes through where all they were from. It tells all that. I won't read all those, but it's a bunch of different places. And then verse 11 says, yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. So some people say, well, I don't know. I don't think I really need to speak until, well, look what God did here. Yeah. Look what God did there. You know, why do we always decide for God? Just saying. You know, why do we decide? Why do we think we know best? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I need that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying we, we, we decide for God all the time. Well, I don't know. I know God said to give this, but I, I don't know. I know God said to don't do that. I know, but I, I don't. Why don't we just walk in the fullness and walk in what he says? You want a blessed life? It's walking in his ways. It's walking his way of doing things. It's his way, not our way. And we're always trying to decide for God. Well, I don't know. I rip. <laughs> I'll rip that out. You know, let's don't rip anything out. Let's let the Holy Spirit. Let's let's receive all that he's got and open ourselves to all that he wants to do. You know, you're not going to understand it here. Have you understood up to this point everything God's done? No. Do we know how he did it? Mm-mm. No. Well, we just know he has. Yes. And so just get in on what he says and say, Be it unto me as you've spoken. Be it unto me, Lord. And just expect. Alan's talking about, will he find faith? I tell you what, he's already looking. Yes. It's faith that pleases God. And that just means, are you expecting him to... Have signs and wonder, wonders follow you because you're believing. Are you expecting him to confirm your words, which are his words, with signs and wonders following? 
He wants you to expect. He wants you to believe what the Bible says and then just step out in it. He'll guide you. It's not by your will. You're following him. You're not deciding. You're just deciding to follow him. Okay. The next one is rivers of witness that he fills us with. The spirit fullness of the Holy Spirit brings a vibrant readiness to tell others about Jesus. And joyously not have to stand on the corner and pass out a track. Oh, my church wants me to do this. I'm talking about life breathed, sharing Jesus and what he wants to be to them. Savior, healer, deliverer. And just the joy. And you know where the joy comes from? Because it's who you know him to be. And you just see a dry and thirsty people and you want to share that. And it's just it's life-giving. So John, let's look at John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. It says this. Talking about the rivers, because there's many rivers. Rivers of worship and praise. Rivers of witness. John 15, 26 and 27. And, and this is what Jesus says. He said, and I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my father. And he will come to you, the spirit of truth, emanating from the Father. And he will speak to you about me, in verse 27. And you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. So he wants us to hear it. And then he wants us to tell others the truth that we've heard. The third one's the rivers of ministry that he puts in us. There's ministry gifts waiting to flow through us from the spirit-filled believer. They want those gifts want to flow out. The Holy Spirit wants them to flow out to those that are in torment or pain or in need of God's divine grace. He wants to do that. You know, the enemy wants us to be so blooming busy and so in a hurry that we just don't even have time to listen or ask or even think that the Holy Spirit might be wanting to minister to somebody that we're walking by or that maybe he would like us to stop by someone's house that was in need of encouragement. But I tell you what, as we are filled with the Spirit and we walk and abide in the Spirit's fullness, he'll do those things because he'll be able to because we're listening and we're asking. Verse, chapter 15 of John, verses 26 and 27 says this. Oop, wait a minute. I'm in the wrong. I'm in Mark. Mark ain't going to get it. Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh, and Mark 16. I'm in the right book, the wrong, the wrong deal. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18, and this is what it says. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes, one of my personal favorites. And they will be supernaturally protected from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. When you lay hands on somebody, you pray for somebody, you need to expect them to be healed. Because the Bible says you will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Because, not because of who you are in the natural, but because of who you are in the spirit realm. The last one I'll cover tonight is rivers of gifts by the spirit. 
The Holy Spirit wants to give through us more and more of the Father's goodness and blessings to others. Freshness and renewal in the Spirit will rekindle our availability to His gifts. You know, as you're filled and have that fresh feeling, you're just, you are just more readily available to His gifts flowing through you that, that we can become avenues through whom the rivers of gifts may flow through us to others. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, it speaks of the Holy Spirit within, manifesting his presence by the distribution of gifts. That, that's where he talks about his gifts, and I want to read them to you. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 7 through 11 lists the gifts of the Spirit. And we don't, we don't do this by our own will. It's by the, the Spirit of God. But you know, when you read them, you need to say, Lord, I'm available. I'm available for your gifts to flow through me. And this is what, what uh, the gifts are. These are varieties of spiritual gifts. For example, in verse 8. And it says here, let me say in verse 7, it said, Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself. It's a benefit to you, but to benefit all. That's what the gifts are for. They benefit you, but they're to benefit everyone. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. To another, the same spirit gives the gift of faith. To another, the same spirit gives gifts of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpreting those tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes activates and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. So we're not in charge of the gifts. <clears throat> you know, some people say, well, my gift, and there may be a gift that, that flows through you primarily, but they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he flows them through us as he wills. Our part, our part is to be ready and willing to have him flow through us. I want to do one more. I'll make this my last one. Number five, rivers of intercession in prayer. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to give us everything we need in prayer and warfare. Because there's situations, do you all always know how to pray? Do you always know everything about it? We don't, do we? There's always situations that we don't know how to pray. But his fresh flowing will assist us in our prayers. And I'm going to read to you out of Romans chapter 8. Verse 26 and 27. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It says, in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us. Aren't you glad? He takes, I need to be taken hold of, I'll just tell you. (laughs) Take hold of me, Lord, in our human frailty. And he does that to empower us. In our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. Or we don't know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. Pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. 
God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan in our destiny. So he's leading those prayers. And when we pray in the Spirit, he just takes hold. And we might pray in the Spirit, and then he'll take hold in English. He's just back and forth, but it's spirit empowered intercession in prayer and I tell you what it'll put us over every time that that is one of my favorite things in the fullness of the spirit is praying in the spirit and just uh, there's so many more rivers parts of the rivers I'll, I'll talk talk about them next week but uh, it's just I pray it will stir you up to uh, ask him to fill you afresh again. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I mean, you can just say, Lord, what's she talking about? Do that to me. You know, I mean, he will. We'll talk about it more next week. I'll pray for you afterwards. We'll pray. But just allow God to fill you to overflowing. It'll bless you. It'll bless others. Stir up. What did Paul tell Timothy? Stir up that gift that's in you. Stir it up. Father, we thank you. We thank you. And we ask tonight, Father, for just a fresh filling. And we just receive a fresh filling right now of your spirit. The spirit of refreshing, taking hold of us in our frailty. Take hold, Father. Take hold, Holy Spirit. Empower us afresh. We just receive it tonight. We thank you for it. We bless you. We honor you. We honor you in this house. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We say you are welcome in our lives. Do what you want. Have your way in this house, in our lives, Father. We thank you, Lord. We give you permission. We yield to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer tonight, I'll pray for you all. Amen. Don't forget, ladies, Friday night. We'll see y'all Sunday, 10.30 or 9.30 for breakfast and discipleship class.